0: this week's podcast I'm really excited to have on board Nicolette Casarotto. I hope I got that right Nicolette. You have got that correct. And the exciting thing here is today we're going to chat about you and you're a practicing nutritionist. We're going to talk about nutrition for mental health.
1: We are. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm so excited. Me too. Let's rip in.
1: Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hydroxyburn Shred Ultra, nootropic thermogenic. Shred Ultra is scientifically engineered to shred body fat, ignite metabolism, and boost all-day energy while enhancing cognitive performance, focus, clarity and mood. It combines powerful fat-burning thermogenics, garcinia, green coffee bean, guarana, caffeine and an industry-leading 4 grams of acetyl L-carnitine with potent nootropic ingredients at effective therapeutic doses to give you maximum results.
0: Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy and healthy. And we are really excited to have Nicolette on board today because we're going to talk about a topic very, very close to me, nutrition for mental health. How are you?
1: I'm great. I'm excited to be here, excited to get into this topic. This one is a personal favorite of mine, so that's good. very special to me as well.
0: And for everyone listening out there and people are going to go, oh, here we go, someone else talking about mental health, nutrition. Okay. You're a practicing nutritionist, so we're talking about someone who takes this very seriously.
1: Absolutely. I find with any client I've ever had, one of the key factors is every everything comes back to mental health. If you are struggling with food, diet, you know, weight, everything comes back to your relationship with yourself and that mental health piece. So that's something that I never really thought about when I was studying and that mental health aspect. And it's almost like you become a counsellor. So since I've been practising and finished my degree, I've really tapped into mental health more and more. So that's why I love this topic so much because no matter where you are in the fitness industry, it is a topic that comes up with every person.
0: Absolutely. And do people come to you now and say, hey, I'm not feeling right. I need to talk to you about food or is it still, gee, I want to lose weight? And then you tap on that side of the uh, mental health.
1: It's interesting. You definitely get a mix of both. I find it came to me very, very unexpected weight loss for a lot of people. And it came from mental health. When I first started, I didn't really know what area I was going to go into with my nutrition. And I've naturally gone into the sports side and the definitely mental health side around the weight loss and people struggling to lose weight and just feeling honestly not feeling great about themselves and getting to that roadblock. And they're just not able to pick back up and lose that motivation. They sort of need someone to give them a kick up the ass, tell them what they sort of don't want to tell themselves and give them just those tips. So I'm all about those like little basic daily healthy habits to change your mindset.
0: Love it. Now you talked about giving someone a kick up the ass and I like that. Most of us need that. So as a nutritionist, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: So I have always loved health and fitness. I've always loved food. I'm a huge food lover. I've got an Italian and Lebanese background. So food and the culture food brings has been a huge part of my life since I was... Was a child so studying nutrition I just wanted to learn a lot more about that and how it you know has impacted my life my family my upbringing and being able to have that balanced lifestyle so still being able to have a bowl of pasta and a glass of red wine but knowing when you need to look after your body and rein it in and still enjoy the good things in life without having these restrictions and I found when I was studying there were so many people out there that I was looking at that were very much like chicken and veg that's all you can eat that's your diet and people would stick with it for a week or two and then like okay what's next okay, and it's just all fad diets. And I was like, no, you can still enjoy like anything you want to eat. It's just how you look at your calories and how you eat in moderation. And it's just about giving back to yourself. And as soon as people go onto those crazy diets, that's where their mental health actually suffers. And I find people stick with these diets and get happier long term is when it is those lifestyle behaviors that are changed opposed to these crazy fad diets.
0: And do you want to sum up really quickly for us dummies out there, why food has an association with mental health?
1: It comes back to weight loss and how we feel naturally when we're feeling crap or tired we want to eat sugar to get that energy and it's almost like you go in a full circle so you know you might eat lollies or chocolate or peeking at snacks all day and then you just feel sick from not eating nutritious nutritious food yep. so it goes in that bit of a circle and then again when we are feeling like wanting you know a sweet treat and then we go maybe that little bit overboard then you've got the guilt because you're like oh i shouldn't have had that and it's usually because our body naturally doesn't feel great if you think about you know you've had too much peace too much pizza or too many lollies things that are is there such a thing a, yeah oh, depends how many pizzas some people say too little some say too much yep. but it's all about that balance
0: absolutely but
1: I think as long as you know your body and you can listen to your body and know when to have that control
0: yeah it's not an everyday thing is it
1: no but then again some people say once a week's too much where once a week might be absolutely fine some others say once a month is too much so it's finding what works for you and if it fits in your calories then go for it as long as it's nutritious and looking at those nutritious swaps.
0: We might have a chat about that more about the calories and the nutrition swaps later and your thoughts around mental health with that. What I want to jump on there, you said you you touched a point which I really like was the word guilt you used when you were talking just then and I want to talk about what are the ripple effects that our nutrition has on other areas of our life like sleep, exercise, energy, happiness based on that guilt.
1: The guilt is the biggest one and I see this so much with a lot of young people in their teenage years and actually a lot of older women more so than men. So I'm saying about 50 years old and plus, they feel so guilty for something they've eaten.
0: That's me. I just that's what I said.
1: Um, so they feel so guilty for what they've eaten that they might not actually eat much the next day instead of just being like, Hey, it's a new day, let's start fresh. I've seen women who have gone out, had a few too many drinks, and then the next day they're like, Oh, I'm having a green juice and that's it. I feel too crap from what I've eaten. And it's that guilt instead of being like, Hey, I might have eaten a bit too much, had a few too many drinks, whatever, let's get on with a new day. And they focus on that. And from that they stress in every part of their life. It could be for a few days, could be for a week. And naturally, our stress is going to impact our sleep, going to impact our exercise. We may stop exercising. We may go too far with the exercise. So for a lot of people, it can be one extreme or the other. And as soon as you have that guilt, I've seen so many people that just go overboard with the exercise and then they don't want to eat because they're thinking, okay, I have ate maybe 500 calories last night, more than I should have. I need to go burn that today. And it doesn't necessarily work like
0: that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. So if we're getting our food wrong and and what you're saying with the way that habitually how we're going to react and and what you've seen from a clinical perspective, obviously, you've seen that is going to have dramatic effects on sleep as well and all the other things in in general life, isn't it? Not just that happiness of you starving yourself on a greens juice and nobody feels good on greens juices all day long as their sole source of nutrition. They can be wrong, great at the right time for what you're doing, but it's not an all day thing. So you you are going to lack energy, you are going to have struggle sleeping, and you're not going to train to how you want to train. You might be hitting the gym and doing what you're doing, but you're not pushing the numbers you really want to push.
1: Absolutely. Some people might think that they have eaten too much on the weekend so want to go train fasted where they may not usually do that. So straight away, that's going to impact their training. They're going to feel sick at the gym. They might be going for an extra run that day and it just might not be great for their body or what their body necessarily needs, but they're so focused on burning those calories. And especially with the sleep is the biggest one. Sleep is such a, I feel, underrated thing and a topic that's not discussed Enough, and it's something that every client I have, I dive into their sleep because if they're eating too late at night or they're eating too much, it can really impact their sleep, especially if they're drinking too much or if they're having too much sugar through the day. Naturally, that's going to impact their sleep. The next day, they're going to get tired, that is going to lead them to eating or drinking high sugar drinks or food. And from that, it's just that full circle again. impacts their sleep. They rely on the sugar. They rely on the caffeine. Instead of getting those natural nutrients for that energy, it's just that circle.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? So let's let's dig in here. When should someone get professional advice then?
1: So I think the best time to get advice is as soon as you have questions for yourself or a loved one. So it could be a family member, a friend. I think there is so much information out there that can be really overwhelming. And you just don't know what to believe, where to turn to. There's all these Instagram accounts now, Facebook's websites there's a lot of great books as well, but it's just knowing what's going to work for you because something that might work for one person won't necessarily work for another. So I think it's so easy to go see a GP, get get a referral, have a chat to them, speak to a nutritionist, a dietitian, depending on exactly what you're needing. There's a lot of naturopaths available now as well for a lot of young women, especially in mm-hmm. this area. PCOS is a huge one that a lot of people do share so much information around this online that something, once again, might work for someone, but not someone else. So it's about knowing as soon as you've got a question, get that professional advice because you're better off having it too early than too late.
0: Yeah, well said, well said. So let's let's be honest, Nicolette, if somebody wants to um, catch up with you and have a chat with you, they like what they're hearing today, let's go to the big one first. What's your Insta account?
1: My Instagram is naturally Nicolette, So it's yep. naturally underscore Nicolette. Yes. And I've also got my website, which is naturallynicolette.com. Yep. So you can contact me through either and I'll reply to anything. I've got my email listed on my Instagram, a contact section on my website
0: as well. Awesome. Love that. I love it. So you touch then on family members asking other family members and peers are telling and, and pe- you, there's a lot around the coffee nutrition advice available these days when you start talking about someone, someone's had success, you know, they've lost four or five kilos really quickly and everyone's going, oh, wow, what did you do? And we all know the uh, no-carb starvation diet does great things for 14 days, but it's not very good <laughs> after that. So where should, and, and you mentioned going to the doctor, but there's actually, there's. I'm an old guy, so I'm going to say it straight out. There's a few steps people take before they actually reach to their doctor for diet for diet advice. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I look at you and I look at your Instagram account, I'd go and ask you questions straight away on nutrition because you look like you live that lifestyle. I go and see my doctor. I love you, Dr. Rob, you're a good bloke, but you don't have the look that would make me want to ask you for nutrition advice. So where should people be educating themselves around food and nutrition? And we're still trying to stay attached to mental health here and not weight loss. But so I'm just day after day, I'm just feeling tired. I'm feeling lethargic. I'm not having the most positive thoughts in the world. I'm struggling to train. I've got to smash 20 pre-workouts a week so that I can train twice a day on whether I'm doing some cardio in the morning and some lifting in the afternoon or whatever I'm doing. So where would you get people to start before they hit that doctor step that you're talking about?
1: That's so interesting because I have had so many people say exactly what you just have said and it's people being like hey I just feel crap I've got no energy I don't know where to start I think it's always great to talk to a family member yep. talk to someone a bit older talk to someone that you might know is into their health and fitness themselves and see what advice they have they might be like hey that's sounding a bit more serious go straight to your doctor or be like hey check out this person on social media I've followed them for a while I've got really good tips here's a good book so I think opening up the conversation is really important because you don't know Who else is feeling that way? Who else has been in your shoes? One of your friends might have an answer or be able to recommend you to someone. I think this day and age, there is so much on social media. There's a lot of great accredited people on social media. So just doing your research, see what's out there. Look at government websites as well, for sure. I think there's so many health blogs and articles online that I've seen over time that's just against all the Australian guidelines, but people swear by it. Uh, The Australian government website has a lot of really basic information that's easy to understand for all ages as well.
0: Good platform to start from. Yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. Okay, let's dig in. Let's get some free advice off you right now. What foods are good for our mental health?
1: I'm going straight to those omega-3 fatty acids. Yeah. So the omega-3s are amazing. Uh, Salmon is a really great one. It helps with brain function. Avocado, you've got your olive oil, dark leafy greens, vegetables. Um, Mineral selenium, which Mm -hmm. is found in meat, bread, and eggs, that's another really great one. So it is going back to those basics, just of your healthy fat, you want to be making sure you, every plate. This is like my number one thing I give to every client: is every plate of food you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You want to have your macronutrients. You want to have your carbs, yep. fats, and protein. Yep. Having all three is going to help you feel fuller for longer, so you're less likely to snack. From that, you're not going to just be picking up anything. You're not going to have that sugar craving at three p.m. in the afternoon, and you're going to feel okay to continue your day and not think about snacks. From that, you're not going to feel guilty. Yeah. Okay. Having those solid meals, it does. Doesn't become a chore for you to needing food all the time. And definitely wanting to avoid those processed and fried foods, getting rid of all that trans fatty acids. However, knowing when you do have those foods, because everyone will, nutritionists will as well, just knowing not to feel guilty for it in it to sometimes food. If you have it now and then, it's it's okay when bulk of your diet is those healthy nutrients.
0: So are you talking more of a flexitarian style eating pattern here? Because obviously you're not talking to vegans in what you just said. Uh,
1: no, that isn't that isn't the <laughs> vegan advice. <laughs> no. With the vegan, my biggest thing is looking at the B12. Yep. There is a lot around this uh, game changers. I think was the documentary that really put it into people's minds. You don't need to have B12 uh, supplements if you're vegan because it's from the soil, not animals. Other studies are showing it's animals. I think if you're vegan, my honest opinion is making sure you're getting your blood checked if you feel like you're a bit unwell or if you're a bit concerned. It's really easy to go to the doctor and find out, especially about your B12 and your iron levels.
0: Yeah, I went vegan for a while, but it was probably about. How'd you find it? My daughter did it, so I thought I'd do it with her. And I'll be honest, I, I loved it at first. I felt really good. And about eight, nine months in, I just was so tired. I was like, I've got yeah. to go to the doctor. He, he blood tests like no B12, just- yep. Which doesn't make sense considering the way I was a mediator before that, so I should be loaded. It was really interesting that he just said we're doing B twelve, and so felt a million marks. I felt like I could run a marathon after getting that shot. So
1: yeah, I feel like not many people talk about the B twelve. Mm-hmm. It's all about like vitamin C and getting you know protein, but B twelve such a big one in our iron, and both men and women need it. And we all know like women more chance of anemic and being iron deficient. So right. I think especially if you're vegan, checking those B twelve rules.
0: Yeah, nice, nice work. So just. I really want to tap this out with the mental health side of nutrition. And I want to talk about those people that are obsessed with their diet. And there's some, I meet some really, I mean, I've met so many people in this fitness industry over my journey, elite athletes, right through to people who just love what they do every day. And some of the obsessions I've seen with nutrition are out of control.
1: Absolutely, And there is a term that not, a people, not many people know about called orthorexia. And it is that obsession with eating healthy to the point it is just pretty much Unhealthy. It's where you're tracking everything, every single thing you put in your mouth. Like, is got to be weighed or tracked in my fitness power. You cannot have a sip of anything but water. You see people that refuse to go out for coffee, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Can't go to social events because they're so concerned about what they're eating. And a lot of people don't talk about it. A lot of people wow. might have this but don't share it, and they think it's totally normal because it's yeah, I'm eating healthy. It's like, what does healthy actually look like?
0: Yeah, that's a, me, that's a great thing. Yeah. There.
1: Like, what does healthy look like for me personally? And my lifestyle, it's not about sitting at home every night and having chicken and veg. It's about being able to go out for a nice dinner, have a drink with my girlfriends at a long lunch and still be able to exercise. And if I've had too much to drink one night and can't exercise the next day, not beating myself up about it because you can't live your life just being so concerned about your exercise routine and what you're going to eat. And people, especially around Christmas, you know, I can't eat or drink or they get depressed because they're too scared to go to a Christmas party. And that all comes back to that orthorexia where they're socialized is just impaired and that goes straight into that mental health then you feel the anxiety and the depression because of the effect of being so consumed by what you eat and how you're living that it's just like it's almost this box and they're the rules that's what's healthy that's what i have to live by where a lot of people can't last that long
0: yeah it's a tough gig isn't it lucky there's people you can talk to yes (laughs) <laughs> so let's just, let's wrap this this little chat up and I really thank you for coming on board, but I just want to touch on some of the myths in the industry and, and I, I want to keep it back around that mental health side if we can, nutrition. What do you got?
1: There's definitely a lot out there around misinformation and it's so easy to find. A lot of the time I find it easier to find information that's false, it's actually correct, which is terrible. <laughs> a lot of it comes from social media and you've got all these you know young kids on it now, anywhere from 10-year-olds, but especially these teenagers looking... Looking at these influences as such, and these body types promoting all these, you know, starvation pills and juice cleanses, and people think that's the only way. And they're talking about avoiding carbs. We all know carbs are not the enemy. Well, everyone in the health industry should know they're not the enemy. We need carbs for our energy, and they're so important. It's just choosing the right ones for our body. Another huge one is around fasting and intermittent fasting. <laughs>
0: Keen to hear this one.
1: I'm, to be honest, I'm all for it. Yep. for fasting in the sense as to me it is just a fancy word for skipping a meal yeah that's the it is just skipping meal. it's putting yourself in a calorie deficit i think anyone who thinks it's anything other if you put it on paper you're just eating less yep and there's all these people saying, you know, it's a miracle. Like I've just like not eating for that amount of time and I've lost weight. It's like, yeah, because you probably cut out 800 calories and now you're in a calorie deficit. Yeah, nice. So I'm all for it if you need to lose weight and blocking out that window. And naturally, I am in a bit of a deficit. My, uh, not a deficit. Sorry, a intermittent faster myself. Yep. Just naturally because I don't feel hungry till 10 a.m. most mornings. So I usually have dinner at 7 p.m. and I won't eat till 10. Some days I will, but it's so different for everyone. But I don't look at that as even fasting I think of that as just my normal eating routine yeah. and then you've got other people I've seen look at their watch and be like no I can't eat for another three minutes Stop and I'm it. like, oh my goodness you are not gonna lose five kilos in that three minute eat a meal and you hear people who have trained three times before midday, midday, but still haven't eaten and I'm like aren't you starving because I'm starving listening to you tell me this story
0: <laughs> I love that I love that it's
1: just about that calorie deficit and knowing just to eat a little less you can still have your three meals yep. you can cut 10% off each meal or you can do two to three big meals do what works for you but it's no miracle cure it's a fancy term for skipping breakfast (laughs) another one that i've found a lot come up recently is about training fasted and i've done a lot of research into this as well and whether for some people around losing weight they need to train on an empty stomach or not and i actually did a little bit of a post on this last week if you want to eat before you train eat if you don't then don't you've got to do it for what's your body like you can't just be concentrated on the weight loss the whole time because that again comes into that mental health side of things. And I know for myself, probably up until maybe 18 months ago, if I exercised without eating in the morning, I would probably last five minutes and I would naturally just get dizzy and pass out. I always had to eat something. So yeah. usually a piece of fruit, maybe a banana or one small slice of toast with peanut butter would be enough for me. Now I can eat pretty well faster because I will go to the gym at six or seven in the morning and I'm okay. But if it's like 9am and I've not eaten, like I need something. Yeah. And I would see all these people that say, No, no, I can't eat at like two hours before or two hours after because that's my window of weight loss. I'm like, Who's who's telling you this information?
0: Yeah, it doesn't sound and right. It's like to
1: me. oh Instagram. It's like, okay. Must be right. <laughs> yeah. Must nice,
0: be right. So, if somebody wants to follow an Instagram account that actually makes sense, and we're talking a practicing nutritionist here, it is over to you.
1: Naturally Nicolette.
0: Okay, so get on board, check it out, guys and girls. And thank you for coming on board to talk about nutrition for mental health. That's a topic close to my heart. I, I love the fact you gave your time up for everyone today, and I hope everyone enjoyed what you just said.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm going to get you back on soon.
1: Amazing. I can't wait.
0: Thanks.